0: Good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are P.S. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 235. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash P.S. This is Awesome. Visit us on Twitter at P.S. This is awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write our show at awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Make sure to leave comments and rate our podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, this is a video podcast as well. You can watch our ugly mugs talk about the games we're talking about on the show. If you prefer, over on our YouTube channel. So, for new and or long-time listeners, we now have a Patreon. You can support our show at a measly $1 level called the One and Only $1 Club. It's $1 a month. Head over to patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome to become a $1 patron and get a free die-cut vinyl sticker and a shout-out on the show. Like our latest patron, Mr. Sean Roberts. Thanks, Sean, for joining our growing posse of PlayStation enthusiasts. And uh, I will say that your sticker is in the mail. And what I thought was really funny, Jake, and I sent you this in a text, I didn't notice it until a few days after he became a patron. Sean is the guy that I trolled around in the division with a lot and uh, an old high school friend of mine. And, uh, yeah, he's moved on to bigger and better things in his life. I'm still in our hometown. But uh, I appreciate you listening, Sean. But he sent a really funny message over to us. And uh, I suppose we have you, Jake, to thank for uh, Sean's patronage. So Sean writes, Hey, gents, I wanted to show some love for the work you guys put into these podcasts. It's great to see both of you uh, sharing your passion for gaming with others, and I hope these small gestures keep the podcast coming. Also, I told myself if Jake goes three episodes in a row where his first words weren't, I'm fucking tired... I'd start donating. Congratulations! So thanks, thanks, Jake and Sean for this one. Um, very, very funny, uh,
1: but true. So I, so I will say, I will say that uh, I'm not gonna say that I'm fucking tired today uh, because I have had. I was up at 4:30 this morning, and you would think I would be tired, but I have had so much fucking caffeine that I am. Probably going to be up until like four o'clock in the morning.
0: Oh man, so not me.
1: I'm wired.
0: Very good. I'm glad. Yeah, we're recording this Saturday evening. For anyone who's curious, when we record the podcast, it's usually on the weekends and usually we end up talking about, you know, where we are with our weekend or whatever. But, um, anyways, it is Saturday evening, uh, almost 10 o'clock p.m. in Northwest PA. And, Jake, how are you today? Aside from being wired, is, is, uh, how's your week going? Is, uh, you know, what's what's the word
1: it's been a little bit of a tough week personally nothing that i need to talk about on the podcast but um everybody faces those from time to time we persist and that's part of why i kind of wanted to do the podcast and i just kind of get my mind off of things talk about something a little bit more joyful than uh whatever the fuck it is I'm dealing with regularly, but at least I'm not tired.
0: Yeah, well, I'm happy to hear that uh, you're not tired, and yes, you will persist. You're that kind of person. So I'll tell you what I've been up to. Uh, maybe this will make you a little curious, maybe not. So I don't know if I told the listeners or not, but I was making that custom campaign, right, for my Hero Quest game, and I had ordered... Uh, I designed this whole fucking booklet for my campaign. It's got four quests it has all this flavor text. It's got inter- an intermission. It has an introduction. It has an epilogue. It's got custom character cards. I mailed away and had made professionally. It's got 3d printed minis that I did all this stuff. Well, the book that I ordered, I didn't want to go through staples, but good luck finding a professional printing company that will print one booklet for you. Not going to happen. So I I kind of you know I had to trim the fat where I could and take the take the the only really path that that was made money sense for me. So I, I got a book from Staples. I had it made on real nice glossy kind of magazine kind of paper. Well, it showed up today, and I will say I am impressed with it. The only thing that I would change about it is I should have maybe made it a little bit bigger. So some of the text is super hard to read, but for me it's fine. It's going to serve the purpose. It's professional enough. And uh, I'm really excited about it because when it's all said and done, I'm going to get the cards out. I'm going to get the minis out. I'm going to get the booklet out, and I'm going to take a picture of it and post it on the HeroQuest subreddit. And I'm going to post it on the uh, the HeroQuest uh, Facebook uh, group, and uh, maybe i will even put on Ye Old In, and I'll just see the kind of attention that it gets. And I'm sure people are going to be like, can you please upload all this shit because we want to play your campaign. That's what I hope is going to happen. I don't know if that's going to hey. happen, but I put a lot of fucking time into it, and I can't wait to play it with my friends. and uh hopefully destroy everybody. But I did make it pretty fair. So that came in. I started... Uh, they're rolling out. I, I this Another kind of hero quest thing. And, and the listeners probably don't even care. But it is interesting maybe. If you're anywhere around my age or Jake's age, you probably are familiar with this original Milton Bradley game that Hasbro now owns the rights to. I talk about it all the time incessantly because I'm so into it. Um, they released a, uh, a quest pack. Well, two quest packs actually... So when the game was out in the 90s or late 80s, early 90s, they released quest packs. And the quest packs would come with additional characters, a brand-new quest book with 10 new quests that were, like, curated by, like, the original author of the original game. And one was, like, they're all based around a different character class that you had with the original game. So in the original game, you get a barbarian, you get a wizard, you get a dwarf, and you get an elf. So the, the only two quest packs I ever owned as a kid... Was the dwarf quest pack in the in the? Uh, it's called Return of the Witchlord, and I'm pretty sure it's the that is the dwarf one. No, there's one called Keller's Keep. I don't know what the dwarf one would be. It's not really. It's neither really. It's it's not really the Keller's Keep. always thought. A- anyways, it doesn't matter. I had I had Return of the Witchlord, and I had Keller's Keep, and apparently they had one for the barbarian called the Frozen Horror, and the Frozen Horror apparently. I believe, was only released in Europe. So, like, no one in the U.S. ever really had a chance to fuck with it. And if you did, you... And if it did come to the U.S., I may be misspeaking, it was very tough to find. The Frozen Horror has been re-released with this Hero Quest release, along with Keller's Keep and the Return of the Witchlord, which is amazing. So I have uh, the Frozen Horror here. And the amount of additional rule like you can hire henchmen you can hide like you have certain rooms they, they have like different uh, artifacts that you can get that like make you quicker on ice um so some rooms are made out of ice so your guy can go right real fast through them and like there's like pit traps at the end that you have to roll for so they've really expanded the the frozen horror quest pack on this so i've been painting the new miniatures for that so i'm real excited they just announced I believe the elf one, which is the mage of the mirror. And, uh, it's not coming out till spring of 23, but Gen Con is going on right now for all the nerds out there. Avalon Hill, where the board game company there, they also make betrayal at, uh, Hill. What is it? Betrayal. Ah, uh, oh, what house on the Hill. Yes. Thank you. Yes. That's a pretty, pretty, uh, big board game. They make, they're behind that one. They own the rights to that one. And now they, they're doing hero quest and they announced, Jake, a game that you and I have played many times in the past, a game that came after Hero, Hero Quest. Not to be key, confused with Hero Quest, it's called Hero Scape. And this was a hexagonal, like, create a board with different, actual different layers. You stack the hexagons, you have these big armies. Not much of a story, but they announced that they're bringing Hero Scape back. And I brought this up to my brother. And my brother said that he wasn't even surprised that this game's coming back. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like it wasn't that big of a deal, was it? And he said, a lot of game designers now got their start with Heroscape. So the current people in the, in the game, like the younger the younger crew, it's, it was it was like their gateway drug to like these kind of like wargaming games was Heroscape. So Avalon mm-hmm. Hill are going to be re releasing. I, I have a lot of old heroscape stuff. like what it was worth a lot of money. I don't know what it's going to be worth now. Now that they're re-releasing this shit, if they're just going to like remake the stuff that was already there, if they're going to try to make it better, what they're going to do. So it's been an exciting week, weekend for board gamers. I will say before we get into games we're playing, I don't know that we have a lot of news this week. There's not a whole lot to talk about, but Jake and I are here in full force. We're going to talk a bit. That's why I didn't mind going off on a tangent. But uh, if you're watching, you probably aren't able to see... Uh, cause it's so small, but this is like the size of the miniatures. Oh, I have it on a pillbox before I cover up all my info, but not that you better read. It's all blurred out, but I have these little guys and I paint them. That's what I do. And, uh, I just made two custom doors that are in my 3d printer right now that he pulled off tomorrow morning. So it's exciting, man. You got to get in on some of this hero, hero quest stuff, because that's the easiest of them all. Um, somebody told me a fun drinking game and, uh, not, not encouraging drinking at all. Uh, I think if you can hold your liquor and you can be responsible with it. It can make for a fun uh, party environment for, like, you know, adults or whatever. But I think uh, they told me that they play Dungeons and & Dragons and they play here games like Hero, Hero Quest. Uh, they turn it into a drinking game that anytime your character has to drink a potion, you have to take a shot. And I thought it was kind of creative and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, that being said, let's talk about, Jake, some games that we are playing. I didn't really have any other news Um, outside of, I guess, the fact that uh, I haven't gotten a lot of gaming in either. But the games I'm playing, I'm still playing PGA 2K21. I did dive into Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. And I think, Jake, is it possible that you're misremembering Tony Hawk uh, 1 and 1? Because you mentioned it was all just a downhill jam. When I powered it up and played it, it was like... It was like Tony yeah. Up two.
1: I was thinking that too. I was thinking that too because I um I played a little bit a little bit of it also. Now I didn't play every uh every level or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that there was at least one level that was like a downhill jam level, but maybe I'm wrong about that.
0: You might be thinking Skate or Die for Nintendo because I know there's
1: one in that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's so weird because I didn't really play a lot of. Uh, I didn't have a PS One mm-hmm. when these games came out, so I didn't have a. Ch- I didn't really play a ton of them. Um, I, I, like I said, I previously, I, pay, I played a lot more of uh, Tony Hawk Three and Four. Yeah, but uh, you know, I do remember. I do remember a lot of these levels that are on these, uh, these two remastered games. Right. But I will say that like – so what I've played so far is the, the – first of all, the remaster is really good and it, so I was thinking I thinking of it um, in one way specifically was that this game is exactly how I remember it being just in the way that it controls and stuff yeah. but it's also way harder than I remember yeah. it being. Yeah. I don't remember remember specifically like just face planning mm. when doing spins and stuff, and uh, it's it's definitely a lot more challenging than I expected it to be for sure. But that's cool though. I mean, it, it I guess it kind of takes into account you know maybe we're just better gamers when we're kids or something like that, or maybe we just have more time to master them or whatever. But yeah, I, I did play it a little bit. I Now, maybe I didn't play very much of it. I've only played, like, I don't know. I got, like, all of the challenges except for the high score and stuff mm-hmm. on the first level of, of Tony Hawk 1. Um, and I unlocked a couple of the other levels or whatever. But uh, I, like, I don't, is there any way that you can choose a different skater? Like I, I there like used I to be. I think you have that to out. unlock
0: them with points or something. The way this is set up is not like exactly how I remember. I remember being able to pick different skaters, and I know there are different skaters in this game because they were bragging about how they got the old version, like the the current versions of these skaters in these games. So it's like the older version of them, um, you know. Right. I, I know that for a fact, and I know. I think her name's Lizzie Almorado or something. She's she's one of the I would say one of the best professional female skateboarders out right now. I don't think she was in either of the games, but she's featured in these ones. So I don't know how you unlock them, how you get them, you if you have to beat the game and then it's not wildly clear in the menus how to do this. And hmm. I, I like the games. Don't get me wrong. I, I played the first uh, Mission, I believe the first warehouse or whatever in Tony Hawk 1 with the re-release here. Now that it was – just to back it up, this is the PS Plus game for August that both Jake and I picked. It's It's uh, offered free as the, one of the uh, essential um, game offerings, and uh, we're going to talk more about it at the end of the month. But, yeah, I dip my toes into it like you, Jake, and I think that – it it is more more difficult than i remember now i also don't know which one of these it was tony hawk 1 was on ps1 right one and 2 so did they have the analog sticks on the ps1
1: yeah i don't remember when they came out in terms like in relation to the game tony hawk but I always played Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk games with the D pad. So that's what that's I'm saying. How I was playing it.
0: I was playing it with the analog sticks, and I was like, "This feels so weird." And I was like, "I think when I was playing it as a kid, I use I used the D pad." So yeah. I think that was a big hiccup for me. I didn't, and and I used to be really good. Like the way to really rack up your score was to do a lot of grind tricks. You grind, you hop, you do a trick, you grind again, and it's just like triples, quadruples. You know your score. But I couldn't seem to land more than two or three in a row without wiping out, and I was like, I used to be so good at
1: this. So it's not like riding a bike. I'll give you that. I think a lot of it too is that it just like it. Everything happens way faster than you think it should. <laughs> like it does. It seems like it seems like it's happening too fast. It's really like I kinetic. Can't keep up with it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we'll talk about it more later. Yeah. But it is. It is a good game. Yeah. So you're playing that. Anything else? So I am still. Playing Destiny Two, I've been playing the um, the I've been playing the Witch Queen uh, campaign. I, I haven't gone very far in it, but I've just been kind of playing around. Dude, there's something about that game that like I think. One of the best things about that game, even if you don't want to play multiplayer at all, Mm -hmm. just, like, the patrol missions and, like, the bounties that you can do for, like, the gunsmith and stuff. Yeah. Where you're literally just, like, kill so many enemies with this type of gun or, you know, collect these types of resources by killing these types of enemies or whatever. Those types of missions where you're just like, oh, you don't have to think. You just kind of run around and you just kind of shoot stuff. It's like – I don't want to say it's zen, but it's almost got that kind of quality to it. And at the same time, you get to like find new gear and shit, which is always cool. They added a new like – well, since I've played it, which has been a while. They added like these feature where you can you can unlock – you could basically – in Diablo 3, they called it transmogrification, which is where you could change oh, the yeah. look of a piece of gear to look like another piece of gear. But keep the stats. And you can, like, unlock these unlock these things that you can use to make other gear look like it. And you can only do it on legendary equipment or, or better. And so it's cool. Like, now you can have – it's not like – you know like, when you play Fallout, your character always ends up having, like, this fucking hodgepodge of random shit on them when they're running around the wasteland. Mm-hmm. In this game, it's, like, you can make your character look sick as fuck even if you don't have, like, all of the best matching stuff or whatever, which is kind of cool. I mean, you're never going to get, like, the really, really fucking all that, like, glam rock shit that all these guys have now where they've got, like... Wings and glitter and all this kind of shit Unless you do, like, the really crazy Epic gear and all that right? But, uh, I don't really like it When my character looks like that anyway Like, I just want I want, because I play as a hunter class Mm -hmm. And I just want, like, a character That just has a dope-ass Cloak and just looks Real Just looks like some just legit Military dude, I don't know I mean, I'm pretty easy to please in that department Yeah, so but uh I and I haven't started it yet but I downloaded Cyberpunk. I think I'm going to start playing that. It's a good idea. Cuz I haven't played it yet and supposedly the PS5 version is pretty good, so yeah. I want to give it a go. But I, it's one of those games that I'm, I'm like hesitant to start it just because I know it's going to be a a time sink. It's not so, it's not
0: as long as you think. You can you can get through it pretty quick. It's not it's not as large as a game is you know, one would be made to th- to believe.
1: So it's it's not like The Witcher where it took me fucking ninety hours to beat the campaign. No, the you don't. And if
0: you, you don't have the completionist attitude, you can just kind of get through it. Like you level up pretty quick. I remember not ever feeling like I was over leveled or under leveled for anything. Um, rather under leveled. Uh, you know, I did feel over leveled on some stuff, but it does a pretty good job as long as you do a couple side quests. You can just keep the main mission going. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you say we get on with the news here, Jake? Um, I think that's a good idea. I'm trying to take down – we had a listener write in recently that they wanted us to uh, timestamp timestamp our uh, our uh, videos on YouTube because that's a feature. And I'm trying to figure out a technique to do it, and we're going to start with this one and see if this is easier. But we're talking about – Uh, the news now. So, Jake, Push Square is rolling out these quizzes. I think they really want us to get 100%. There's a new quiz. Quiz. There's a new quiz. There's a new quiz. And uh, I think we need to dive headfirst into this quiz. Now, if you're a new listener, Jake and I go over... We get a lot of news points from this site, PushSquare.com. I don't want you to think we're uh, being journalists and finding all this shit out we talk about. We just... Comb the internet for interesting news points we'd like to discuss together and uh, air our opinions on them. But uh, So yeah, they have these quizzes that Push Square put out and they're all uh, about general PlayStation knowledge. This is number 15. We have yet to get a 15 out of 15 and we are going to start right now. We're going to start this quiz right now and we're going to get 15 out of 15. Question number one. What was the first mainline PlayStation controller to feature concave, R2, and L2 triggers? Concave.
1: Oh, That's uh, the t- PS4.
0: You're it's certain?
1: 4. certain it's the 4? Yeah, because the PS3 and everything before it, the triggers like were rounded on the back, and the PS4 was the first one where they kind of uh, curved away from you so you could grab onto them easier. I remember that was a big thing that people were super stoked about with the DualShock 4 when it came out.
0: I think you're right. Let's check it. Yep, good job, Jake. That is the correct answer. Question number two of ten. What monster is this from Monster (laughs) Hunter World? Pictured. Now, we had a listener who was really encouraging us to play Monster Hunter World when it came out. I don't remember who it was. But uh, if you're listening still, you're probably going to be pissed off at us because I don't know the answer to this. We can only guess. It looks like a mix of... A buffalo with bull horns, but like a really long face, kind of like a demon face, and it's got a cow tail, and uh, it's brown. Looks like
1: standing. a standing, like a mix between a like a like a gorilla and a like an ox, and like a I don't know a boar, kind of some kind of boar or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah.
0: So is the creature called Diablos? Bariath, Rajang, or Teostra. I like Bariath, honestly. But Jake, I'm, a, I'm always –
1: Couldn't tell you. I, dude, I played a little bit of Monster Hunter World and I, I couldn't get into it. I know people love it, but I just – there's too much. It's too much for me.
0: Well, the horns kind of have a devilish feel – Bariath. I just think of this local band called Bar or uh what are they called? Barathon. Barathon? Yeah. That reminds me <laughs> of instead of Marathon. Yeah. But I don't know what Jake, I'm gonna let you guess because you're a pretty good guesser. I'm not don't let me influence you. Just say one and we'll check it.
1: My gut says off That's kinda where I'm at too. Like Diablos Diablos seems too on the nose.
0: Yeah. Let's go off. Nope, it's Rajang. All right, well, there goes our perfect score, but let's see how many more we can get. All right, question three of 15. Which game development company was founded by artist and lead designer George Kamitani? Is it Squaresoft, Falcom, Vanillaware, or Platinum Games?
1: So I don't know this for a fact, but that art just screams Vanillaware to me. Because that's the – that Vanillaware is the ones that did uh, – you're just playing Dragon's Crown.
0: Yeah, for so, sure.
1: Yeah. Let's
0: go Vanillaware. Correct. All right. All right. I like it. How many racetracks are there in the original Crash Team Racing's arcade mode? Question 4 of 15. Are there, are there 24 racetracks, 12 racetracks, 16 or 20 racetracks in the original CTR arcade mode?
1: If it's arcade mode, it's probably not a super... It's probably like 16. That was going to be my guess because uh, it makes sense.
0: 20 or 24 seems too much for an arcade mode. 12 doesn't seem like it's quite enough. But the original, it might be 12. But I'm going to say 16 since you agree with me. Correct. Yes. All right. Good job. We know our video games. Question 5 of 15. What weapon types can the hero wield, wield Sorry, in Dragon Quest eleven. Swords and lances, swords and boomerangs, swords and axes, or swords and great swords. <laughs> this is just, I don't this know is the answer. A stupid
1: question. <laughs> I mean, um, Dragon
0: Quest. It's probably lances. That's what you fight dragons with. Yeah. Do you want to go lance? That
1: was that was my gut too, but it's probably wrong. I'm
0: going for it. Yep, swords and great swords. What the fuck?
1: That's so stupid. Yeah, That's such a stupid question. <laughs> wow,
0: they're running out of good questions here. Question six of fifteen: Which developer created the Tomb Raider series? Core Design, Eidos Montreal, Crystal Dynamics, or Ubisoft? I think it's Eidos, isn't it? Or no, Ubisoft? I don't know. I actually don't
1: know this. It's not Ubisoft, and it's not Crystal Dynamics. It's probably so. Eidos. Eidos, sorry. I don't think it's core design.
0: It could actually be, but Crystal Dynamics yeah, got involved in it late.
1: Ubisoft, I don't think. I think it was. core design is one of those studios that like doesn't exist anymore.
0: They could have been but the original creator then. It
1: could have been, yeah.
0: Let's go with IDOS, because any company that came up with Tomb Raider is probably still around. I'm gonna go IDOS. i not so
1: sure, but it could be true.
0: Damn it, it's core fucking crazy. All right, question 7 of 15. The answer was core. Uh, what average Metacritic critic score does Burnout Paradise have on the PS3? Is it a 91, an 82, an 87, or a 94? Now, when they say average Metacritic critic score, doesn't that mean it has to be classified as an average game? Like that's the rating? Or are they just saying, like, what is the, the mean? Like what's, what's the average?
1: I think they say average Metacritic score because they're they're saying that like if you if you go on Metacritic and you type in Burnout Paradise, that number that it gives you at the top is the, is average. the average score. Because of all of the um, different press critics or the critics or whatever that scored it, those are all the individual scores. Um, so the
0: – yeah, 91, I, yeah. 82, 87 or 94, the original – or, sorry, the Burnout Paradise on PS3. It's probably got, like, an
1: 87. I don't know. I almost refuse to answer these questions because... These aren't even, like, name. legit. They're not even about the game. It's about what people think about the game. All right. Yeah, like, am I supposed to fucking memorize the whole Metacritic database? And I'm not, like,
0: you know, I'm not giving Push Square a hard time because these quizzes are actually pretty fun and we like the website,
1: but... Come on guys, you're
0: slacking here.
1: If you were to if you were to ask a question like what was what's the average metacritic score of Elden Ring or like uh, The Last of Us or something there was like this like just monolith of a game that would that you might actually have a chance of knowing. But like this is a this deep Metacritic cut. Metacritic score. Someone could someone could literally fucking review Burnout Paradise on PS3 tomorrow and change the Metacritic because there's score. probably so and few
0: then, yeah reviews. Let's just go eighty-seven. Uh, uh, you want to go eighty-seven? Sure. I have a feeling this is wrong, man. Twenty-five percent chance. Correct. You yes. ah, We had to get one guess the right. The gods this time. smile upon me. Uh, the PlayStation gods. All right. Question 8 of of 15. What animal was featured in the logo of former Sony developer Psygnosis? Psygnosis. Jesus. Psygnosis. Psygnosis. I am going to wait today. Um, I'm guessing they're responsible for the Wipeout games. What animal was featured? Was it a dolphin? Was it a lion? Was it an owl or a fox?
1: I think it was an owl, which would make sense because owls are like smart and – Psygnosis is kind of brainy Foxes something. are
0: too. They're sly. Let's go, Al. You're a better oh, guesser than me. foxes are sly. Yeah. Al is correct. Nice. Man, I would have loved to have been you taking like the SATs. Just, Just g- guessing. Great at guessing. Just circle at and C everything. for everything. Yeah. <laughs> In what year, question 9 of 15, what year did Assassin's Creed 2... Call of Duty: Modern Warfare 2, Killzone 2, and Uncharted 2: Among Thieves all release on PS3. What a hell of a year! Um, 2009. Yeah, nine, ten, eleven, or eight? I think it is 2009.
1: Because Uncharted job. came out in 2007. Because they were they was were two all year two year years apart. It was yeah, it was 2007, 2009, 2011, which is like the the greatest. Like I still don't, I don't know how they, how they made Uncharted two in two years. I don't know how they made any of them in two years, to I be mean, honest with you. Yeah. But I don't uh, yeah, I it's crazy.
0: All right. Well, question ten of fifteen. Which company published the original Demon Souls in North America? Was it Atlas, Sony, Square
1: Enix, or Bandai Namco? Bandai? It was Atlas. Alright. Bandai publishes the, the their games now, has been publishing them now, but I think the original Demon Souls was, was Atlas. Atlas with a U. Because Sony uh, didn't want to do it. Let's do it, Atlas. Boom!
0: Correct. Good job, Jake. I trust in you. What PS3 title did Sony reveal at the end of its 2010 E3 press conference? Was it Twisted Metal, Little Big Planet, Uncharted Three, Drake's Deception, or Killzone Three?
1: Probably. I honestly have no idea. I don't think I watched this press. I don't think I watched this conference. Uncharted Three. This is pre. This is this is pre podcast. So. I mean – I didn't watch a lot of When did Uncharted 3 come out? 2011. That lines up. Yeah, but Twisted Metal came out around then too.
0: Um, it wasn't – Twisted. would little end, end planet. with Twisted Metal. It's definitely –
1: It's either Killzone 3 or Uncharted 3. Yeah, but Uncharted 3, well, is it, is it revealed? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, seeing as how Uncharted was on a two-year cycle, it could be that they didn't re- reveal Uncharted until 2011, f- so that it, for it to come out at the end of 2011. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm gonna let you guess, Jake, because I don't know either. Well, it's not Little Big Planet because that was basically a launch game, and it's not. Um, I don't think it's Killzone. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't think it's Killzone Three. Take that, listeners. Yeah, uh, this this segment is just going to be like the listeners are probably just making fun of how bad we are at this, even though we run a PlayStation. Dude,
0: podcast. we're not bad. I mean, we've gotten all we're of pretty them. Pretty fucking bad.
1: I, I I feel like we're bad at it because we're we're not getting like you know, we're not getting good asked easy scores. questions. Of course, we're bad at it. Well,
0: it Throws a couple okay. lobs down the middle. All right, twisted metal. All right, twisted metal. Correct. See, we know our PlayStation. Nice. Hey, what's the name of the rock band that Johnny Silverhand was part of in Cyberpunk 2077? It was Turbo Killer Samurai, Black Dog or Afterlife Samurai? Obviously. Obviously. Everyone knows that. What is – question 13 to 15. Thank you. They finally threw one down the middle for us. What is the system that allows your party to fight automatically in Final Fantasy seven called? Is it called the auto ATB that's, that's system?
1: 12 actually. But. Oh,
0: is that 12? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I saw <laughs> the X as a V I think. Auto ATB system, the alte system, the stock system or the gambit system. I'm guessing gambit.
1: Okay. See all those Gs next to the names down there? That makes sense. They're giving it to you. Boom. Got it. Nice. Yeah, see, see,
0: see. I never Context played Final Fantasy Hey, 14 to 15. we got two left and we're getting to the news. Which of these Souls-like action RPGs has the lowest average Metacritic critic score on PS4? The Surge, Lords of the Fallen,
1: Code Vein, or The Surge 2? Probably Lords of the Fallen. I'm pretty sure it is, because I, I know when that game was announced, I was excited for it, and then I saw the Metacritic score, and it was like a fucking 5. Correct. Or like a 50. Lords of the Fallen.
0: Last question, 15 of 15. PS1 title, The Unholy War, came with a playable demo for which other anticipated PS1 game? Is it Tomb Raider 3? Tekken 3, Legacy of Kain, Soul Reaver and Vagrant Story. I'm going to say right now, looking at the cover of the game, this game was uh, a Crystal Dynamics game and also Eidos was involved. So, Tomb Raider
1: 3 could be the answer here. My gut gut was Soul Reaver. Mm. Just because thematically they kind of match up. Well, you want to go with it? Yeah, because I don't know that Tomb Raider was necessarily all right. Soul Reaver associated with Crystal Dynamics.
0: Let's back do then. it. Soul Reaver, Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver, boom. Correct. Twelve out of fifteen. We only missed two, three. We missed three. Sorry, it's pretty good. We did pretty good. Actually, not bad considering the hand we were dealt today by Push Squares Quiz. So let me close that out. Now there were, there were some speculations, Jake. And uh, I'm gonna write this time code down. I gotta announce it because I can't do it and talk at the same time for our listener. Anyways, there's some speculations when Sony rolled out their rewards program. They were talking about being able to win different, like you know, whatever avatars or whatever. And people were like, "Oh, it's a digital thing. It's an NFT." And they were like, "No, this is not an NFT." Well, apparently, there were surveys going out. In part of the surveys from Sony – now, a lot of times when these – let me just preface this with I know how these surveys work. You hire a company to conduct surveys and then give you the data afterwards. Like Sony isn't conducting the survey. Like they're probably contracting a company to do surveys and then getting all the data from the company. So I don't know if they got the pick what the questions per se were, but maybe the company thought maybe we'll ask these things. Anyways, this comes out. Immediate backlash hits uh, and there's a Push Square article about it. Apparently, Sony was asking players about how they felt about purchasing NFTs.
1: And The question I think specifically was which of the following NFT slash digital collectibles would you be most interested in purchasing? So this is kind of a... I, I can understand why people would be upset about this because they don't give you a choice of choosing between digital collectible or NFT. Because I might be interested in purchasing a digital collectible if, you know, I don't know. But I, there is a, such a stink on NFTs that it's so. Right. I don't know. I It's it's really, really weird. I, I think that they should just avoid the space altogether.
0: 100% agree. So this was apparently some sort of question or something that was happening at Evo recently. In um, the options for answers, it's multiple choice. So it's not open-ended. It's a multiple choice. The first one is Evo branded. The second one is favorite music artists third one is favorite esports players slash teams fourth is playstation items and the fifth is favorite game characters so obviously there was a lot of blowback about this um we don't really i i want say we i think the player base in general can't speak for anyone but myself but i would assume or presume that like you jake most most of the People don't really want
1: PlayStation to get involved in NFTs. So, I don't know why you would want to purchase a a digital collectible in any capacity. Right. Right. So why Sony? I mean, like, like those are the types of things that are cool. Like trophies are cool when you earn them because it's like a, it's like a bulletin board of all of your achievements. Where, like, I, I don't want to purchase a trophy. If Sony was like, yeah, you can have this trophy and you can put it on your shelf if you buy it, like that sounds like a horrible waste of money to me. Now, it could be that the new generation – let's say now I know that there's some rumblings about the possibility of with VR 2 that there being like maybe some kind of a new version of PlayStation Home or some kind of shared space or something like that. And I could see some people maybe going off the deep end buying like collectibles to put on their personal shelf that other people can see or whatever. But I think it would be way more interesting if it was shit that you earned. I don't like – to me, it's like if you you can buy it, it's worthless almost in terms of like it's not really that impressive. And to be honest with you, if I see something on your shelf that you paid hundreds of dollars for – I'm just throwing something out there – I'm going to think less of you for it. Yeah. And I don't like to me, it's like you be you, do whatever you want to do. But personally, it seems like a huge waste of money that's just filling the pockets of these fucking, you know, business people at Sony that are just trying to cash in on you because you have no self control. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it does it does make sense. It's a little cynical. There. It's a little cynical I know, but I I I feel like I feel like NFTs in general are just cashing in on people's lack of self-control.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, isn't that a lot of what loot boxes do as well? Kind of
1: I mean, that's a lot of like capitalism in general, but yeah. but I but I I feel like it's distilled to its base elements with NFTs.
0: Yeah, I think it's as as simple as it can get. All right, let's move on to the next news point, Jake. The uh, studio that has been working on an upcoming PSVR 2 game, Deviation Games, apparently have begun mocap. So a lot of news is starting to sneak out about PSVR 2. You know, we had, the, we had the firmware update that we talked about last show. We are now talking about studios that are doing mocap for PSVR 2 games. And uh, this is interesting. Do you, do you I mean this is just the natural order of things I think. You know, this is what would happen. Is
1: Deviation is Deviation one of those studios that Sony announced that they were going to be working with. It was like a brand new studio when like uh, Firewalk and fucking what's Shh. that other studio? The one that they just Fire bought? Sprite? Fire, no, 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 no. Um, you said Firewalk. Well, fire. I think Firewalk is a studio is that they announced that they're yeah, that's, that they're making like a first God, person I, shooter I, or something. I, uh, there's the I Haven. The New ones, Haven
0: was one or something. Yeah,
1: Haven. Haven. There was like three of them right around that period. I think it might have been Deviation might have been one of them. Uh, I think it might have been Deviation, Firewalk, and uh, Haven. And so, I mean, if they're making a PSVR two game. That's awesome. I I am all about hearing what's co- what's coming with PSVR2. Yeah. I just I just want to make sure that I get a pre-order for it. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, you and me both,
1: man. You and me both. I don't care if the only fuck if the only game that comes out on PSVR2 is Half-Life: Alex. it it'll, it'll be worth $400 to me. Jesus. Yeah, I'll
0: pay $400. No, $400 for the system and then another 60 70 for the game. So, yeah. It's a $500 video game for you right there. But, I mean, hey, at least you know you'll play through the whole thing. You know what I mean? If you spend that kind of money for it. Yeah. All right. Next news point, Jake. Surprisingly enough, Uncharted, the movie, is now available on Netflix. Um, that's interesting to me.
1: I mean Playstation and Netflix or Sony and Netflix have kind of a little bit of a history, right? They they made that deal recently where maybe they were gonna do some gaming shit together or whatever. Well we have Castlevania Um,
0: series, we got the Tekken trailer, we have some Resident Evil stuff on Playstation. Yeah. I mean none of those stuff are owned by Sony, but yeah. But
1: they're all gaming
0: franchises I associate with. Right, 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 right.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that is fair. You know, the Witcher or whatever. Right. Um, I will say that I think that okay. if people have not and, – and I have done a complete 180 on this movie. I think that if you have not seen it and you're in any way interested, you should watch it. Just watch it with an open mind because if you go into it thinking like this is going to be the fucking definition of Uncharted, it's not. But it is still a fun movie. Yeah. And I did enjoy it. Honestly, the best part of the movie is the fucking uh, – the post credit scene, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you know what they're setting up, and I am actually like, I was not like, I I had fun with it, but I didn't like, I didn't what didn't think like, oh, this is the best movie ever. But as soon as I saw that post credit scene, I was like, oh, I'm in. The next movie is the one that I'm interested in, right? So I'm uh, that- I'm excited to see how things go, and I'm I'm glad it's on Netflix now. People can just fucking watch it because everyone has Netflix. It's a
0: good thing this movie. Did well because that's exactly what they did with the Snake Eyes G.I. Joe movie that came out recently. Dude, didn't give two shits about what was going on because no one knows Snake Eyes is like – they they completely messed up his, his – they gave him a different uh, origin story in a way. And he and – in Snake Eyes the G.I. Joe movie, he does not don Snake Eyes' costume until – the very last like five seconds of the movie and he rides off on his badass motorcycle and then it's like credits roll. Unfortunately, that movie didn't do very well. So we may never get to see the real Snake Eyes, uh, a movie. So could you imagine if Uncharted would have bombed and this is the only Uncharted movie would have got? Like how disappointing. And they give you that end scene anyways thinking that it's going to do well and then they just never fucking make it. It's like, what could have been? Like, that's where I'm at with G.I. Joe right now with the Snake Eyes movie. I'm just like, that movie tanked. They're not going to make another one. It didn't do well. So annoying. Uh, yeah, I can't win to, for they losing, They need to make man. a
1: move. They need to – I mean I know it doesn't make a lot – probably wouldn't make a lot of money. But they need to make a fucking G.I. Joe movie about a character that's not Snake Eyes or Storm Shadow. Yeah. Like pick – there's so many G.I. Joe characters. I don't even know a lot about G.I. Joe. But I know there are so many interesting characters oh. in that universe that they could choose from. And it's like they make it – they choose like – Either Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, both are very cool characters, but they're so played out at this point. And all of the other characters that they pick are the most mundane, boring fucking G.I. Joe characters yeah. on the Duke, planet. Flynn. Yeah, like pick, pick some of the cool fucking characters. Don't get me
0: started, man. I know. <laughs> I'm so close to going off on a tangent. So we're going to reel it back in and we're going to talk about tactics – ogre reborn so this is a game that has been announced and uh it it wasn't announced till recently officially but there's a lot of rumors swaying about it um it's finally official this game has a release date of november 11th this year and uh it looks like a tactics game old school tactics game i don't know what all they've done with this game there is a reveal trailer now Jake, you said it has a pretty big fan base. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I think that I'm excited about it just because it looks old school.
1: So if I'm not mistaken, and you I've never played this game, but you can tell if you look at the trailer. I think this originally came out on Super Famicom slash SNES, whatever you want to call it, and – which I guess technically they're two different consoles. Maybe it came out for the Super Famicom, which is the Japanese version, and it didn't come out for the SNES, but I don't know, because um, I never played it. But you can tell, looking at this trailer, that this game was the predecessor of Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like for if, sure. you, if you If you watch the trailer, you're like, oh, that's Final Fantasy Tactics. Like, there is some stuff that, that looks a little bit different, like the characters, like the the screen where you can, like, Select, like, go through all your characters and stuff like that. Looks a little bit different than Final Fantasy Tactics, but like the map and the like the like where you actually travel from place to place, uh, the the battle like, uh, the battle graphics and the battle maps and stuff. They it looks very much like Final Fantasy Tactics. So, I get the feeling that if you're a Final Fantasy Tactics fan, you're probably really gonna like Tactics Ogre Reborn if you don't already love tactics over, Ogre. sorry it's on it's on my radar for sure cuz so i think they did a they did like a psp port of it called like let us cling together or something like that oh, yeah, I don't know and i think people that. really loved that but it's now they're name. actually like Re- I don't know if it's a re- full remake or just like a remaster for current I guess
0: concepts. I'd have to watch the trailer with some volume. I had it on mute when I was looking at it. Um, yeah, it looks looks fine. It looks like it's exactly what I would expect. Um, so yeah, so let's move forward here again. Hogwarts Legacy is going to have a character creation mode. I don't know if you saw this trailer or not but it's not really a trailer. It's like a little snippet. So I didn't I don't think they were exceptionally clear when they had the state of play for Hogwarts. I don't know if it was state of play for Hogwarts or not, but I know they had a long feature on it at one point, and they showed the academy and the school and all that stuff. So I'm not sure if... Uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, if, if we knew that there was going to be much of a character creation or not for this game.
1: but I mean, based on what they're like the way they are talking about what the game is going to be, mm-hmm. I kind of assumed there would be a character creator because they kind of presented it as like, oh you're a student at Hogwarts like kind of like you are and it's an RPG, like you're going to make your character or whatever. I mean it kind of went um, without
0: saying, but I don't know that they came right out and said it though.
1: Yeah, I don't know that they did either. And I, actually I don't think that they did, but it sort of just makes sense. I mean I'm not it's cool to have confirmation, but I guess I'm not really shocked by this news.
0: Yeah. Well, that's really... There's not much else to say about that one. Um, there, If you guys go to the... I always talk about the PlayStation blog and how good it is. And I think you guys need to check out the... It's What is it? PlayStation. Just PlayStation.blog. They have all kinds of really cool news features on there. That game that came out recently, Rollerdrome, um, they... They did an interview with this uh, musician that goes by Electric Dragon, and they're like a synth composer, and they did all of the music for Roller Drum, and it's incredible to watch this three and a half, four minute interview with with <laughs> with Electric Dragon. It's awesome, and he's got all this vintage analog gear, and he's like, you know, it looks like an old school telephone switchboard where you're just plugging shit in to connect calls Yeah, and they're just turning dials and he's fucking hitting shit and it's like and he's doing all this shit and he's using these wires analog wires it's so cool that like this this roller drum composer did all of this analog and uh, it, I'm, I'm actually I really want to play this game uh, from what I've read it handles really well the soundtrack, uh, there's some TLC that went into that. But watch that little video if you can because it was really interesting. It was it was like four minutes. It's worth watching. It's on the PlayStation blog. Um, any opinions on that, Jake?
1: Um, I ha- have never dabbled in that type of music creation, but I've seen videos of people doing it. And I, I think it's really cool. Conceptually, it's it's like um, it's like how I feel about a lot of multiplayer games. Yeah, right. Where it's like I think that it's really cool, and I love the concept of what they're doing, and that the fact that they're able to do it that way. But I would never play music that way. <laughs> Or I would never I would never play a video game. Like I'm not – I wouldn't say I'd never play a multiplayer video game, but I don't really enjoy playing multiplayer video games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like it's one of those things where I just I, – I can love and appre- – it's, it's an interesting concept of being able to love and appreciate their ability to make music in that fashion while simultaneously understanding that I don't think I could ever make music that way.
0: Yeah, It's not tactile enough for me. It's an expensive thing to get into also. All
1: that gear is so expensive. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's like uh, if you're a guitar player, for example, and you're into analog pedals, Oof. they can cost so much money. Like if you have a good pedal board, it can cost thousands of dollars. And imagine that, but it's a whole fucking rack of just – Essentially, devices that are way more complicated than your standard guitar pedal,
0: right? So, and then learning them all, and then learning how to interface them all with one another, and chain them together to make these sounds.
1: Sequence them, sequence them, and do the like like they have like you know super brainy analog sequencers and sampler and samplers and shit to like make their beats and stuff. It's fucking wild. Like that's how they used to do all of that drum machine stuff and everything. And now it's just like. You know, a toddler can do it with i you know iTunes with a or, computer or Logic there. or whatever. Yeah, GarageBand. Yeah. you just
0: click a button and it pretty much just you know comes up with something on the fly for you to a certain tempo. But you can still do it the old way, and you can do it the old way in the box still, though. Like in your computer, you can get all these digital racks and stuff, and tweak all the knobs and have it come up with your own shit. And it doesn't have to be actually in person where you turn stuff. So, but this guy had him. Where he was actually twisting the fucking buttons and plugging shit in. Um, old school, yeah. which is fucking rad. So, anyways, I wanted to talk about a funny article. Kind of, I guess it's not even funny at this point. It's just kind of interesting. Um, Jake, do you still have a PS4 lying around by any chance?
1: Uh, yes, although... My wife's stupid cat spilled a glass full of water on it last night. so
0: ooh,
1: ooh, That sucks. But I, it, it, it wasn't turned on. I, I'm sure it's fine. But yeah. yeah, I still have my launch PS4. So Wired, which is a pretty
0: cool news site, and they're kind of in cahoots with Sony it seems as they kind of broke the news on the PS5 and whatnot. They posted an article on their website on August 4th, uh, 22, which was just a few days ago. And the title of the article was What to Do with Your Old PlayStation 4. And it says, if you've managed to score a PS5, you may still have an old PS4, but don't put it on the Craigslist quite yet. And they start talking about um, different things that you can do with it and, and some outside-the-box thinking stuff. Not not like incredible things, but something to think about for us and our listeners. Um, you know, the PS5 obviously is the one that's going to get the most game time. Now that it's even a little bit backwards compatible – so they're just indicating you – know, you can always relocate it if you have other TVs or monitors in the house. Um, you know, it's got other benefits, of course. Uh, you can use the streaming services, all that good stuff on it. You know, if you got kids, throw in the kids' room. Um, they can do stuff. And, and then it says, uh, you know, if you have PlayStation Plus, all those benefits extend to your PS account. So it's not just tied to the one console. We know this. But this is good advice – for anybody just getting into PlayStation, right? If you get the play, especially since they've rolled out Essential, uh, whatever the other ones are, i, 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 I can't fucking remember the ones. That, what Essential? What What's the next one? Premium Extra
1: and premium. Yeah.
0: God, I'll never remember those. So, if you've paid the extra dollars for that and uh you somehow have a PS4 or someone you know has a PS4, if it's tied to your account so you can use it and all that stuff, says you can Now this was one of the more interesting ones. Says you can make it a PlayStation 5 Junior So there is a feature on the PlayStation 4 that you can stream directly from it, giving you a second console to access content that's on your new PS5. It's a remote play option in the system setting on the PS4. So you can pair your PS4 with the PS5, Um, you know, and it goes on in the Wired article to indicate that, you know, it's not perfect, the controls aren't perfect, but you can still do this. So, if you're looking to do something like that, you can use your PS4 to run your PS5 in another room to whatever TV it's plugged into. So, not a bad idea. The only hitch is that you have to use the DualShock 4 on the PS4. So, I thought this was kind of a neat little article to talk about. And they had a couple other things on here. You know, you can use it for streaming. It's kind of what I mentioned earlier. But ultimately, you know, it's... It's one of those things where you might – if your PS5 breaks, you don't – you may not find one again. So hang on to that PS4 right now.
1: It makes the most sense really. Um, It does indicate – go ahead. I was just going to say like since I'm feeling cynical this evening, the cynic in me is like (laughs) – what if if, uh, Wired wrote this article because – uh, they know something. Sony doesn't want people buying used PS4s. <laughs> they would rather have them buy new ones or yeah, of course buy will. PS5s. It's possible. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't know. Yeah, I mean I, I, I have a PS4. I have no intention of getting rid of it. Um, I have a an Xbox Series S. I would more than happily get rid of that. Or sorry, no, I keep my Series S. The fucking Xbox naming convention is fucking terrible the Xbox One S last generation I have one of those I would get rid of that one because I don't give a crap about it but that's all, that's because there is literally zero difference between the two consoles in terms of interface or anything it's just that one is more powerful than the other yeah so uh, but as far as the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5 there's a, like there's quite a bit of a difference in those two consoles so I do feel like I technically have two different pieces of hardware. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I just think that it's impressive that I got this PS4 on launch day and it still works to this day. Yeah, mine? I still use it every too. now and again to play something. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't ever use it anymore because it's stupid to use that when I have a PS5 that can run the games way better. But if I ever want to travel but still play like a PS4 game, I'll take it with me so I don't have to break my PS5. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: it is. It is incredible.
0: Sony's products, at least the consoles, seem to last a while. I'm knocking on wood because fuck if I will ever find another PS5. I got real lucky with ours, Jake. My brother's still looking. Dude, my for PS5
1: one. does is my PS5 has been doing like weird shit, and so it makes me kind of nervous. Gotta clean it out, dude. Dude, the SSD is like the thing that costs so much money in that thing, and I I keep getting these things where I, I keep getting these messages that say can't back up this certain save file to the cloud. Yeah, mine does that all the corrupted. time. Don't worry about that. It's, it's it says that mm. it says that the save file is corrupted. Yeah, did you it look at it up? upload it?
0: Yeah, it's it's some sort of known thing. I don't know why most of my save files can't upload, but then I find them on the cloud, so I have no idea why I get those error messages.
1: Well, a lot of, it's it's always old shit that I haven't played in a long time yeah. or played in a while, and if I go to my local storage, delete it, and then re-download the the cloud file, it doesn't do it anymore. Oh, interesting. It's weird. It, it's like, it like it's like it only like it's like something about it gets wonky and then if I re-download the save file from the cloud, it just is totally fine. So it must be like I don't know, something's going out of whack like an index is getting screwed up or something in the storage.
0: Yeah. Well, let's move on to the final news point, Jake. Now, this is probably the most important thing to discuss and I don't know if there's even a lot to talk about here but it it is definitely flooding the PlayStation channels on Reddits and the Twitter universe and with uh, other podcasts everybody's been kind of there's been this there's been this grumbling or rumbling rather that it's very possible we are on the cusp of Sony acquiring Square Enix and this is interesting to me uh, I don't know I don't know a whole lot about it um and and maybe not even, maybe not even Sony acquiring them. Uh, so, I went to this article. This is PlayStationLifestyle.net, and I put a link up in our notes here. And uh, I just guess there's there's a, there's a bit of scuttlebutt about this, and uh, I don't know. I, I is it possible? So, the de- the developer. Um, they're gonna. I guess what it, this says they're looking to sell stakes in the studio. David Gibson, uh, it's some financial thing, whatever, is saying that um, companies like Tony, Sony, Tencent, and Nexon are interested in purchasing Square Enix. And I would rather it go to Sony than either of the other two, obviously. Um, but it's just like I don't know. So apparently they linked to an article where the founder of idos montreal um i don't know how to say his last name ds uh apparently said something in july that he heard rumors that sony said they were interested in square enix tokyo but not the rest and then in the meantime we know that square kind of ditched off uh montreal and in crystal dynamics they were sold off and uh for cheaper than what you thought they would be worth. Like, they just kind of, like, offloaded them like they were on fire, you know, which was kind of weird. So, and then there were other rumors. Um, Jeff Grubb uh, started some rumors, was apparently, like, some sort of insider that there might be a Sony uh, in Square Enix acquisition, And I don't know. I I just feel like we are on the cusp of some news. For a while, there was a lot of... And this is just purely speculation. I can't claim to know any of this shit. Jake and I aren't... Dude, we're not in the the freaking know like a lot of these people, but... You know, it's, we saw a pattern where like there was an acquisition on Microsoft's part and then Sony acquired somebody and then Sony acquired somebody and Microsoft acquired somebody and then it was just crickets. And there were these rumors that a big acquisition was going to get announced. And it never fucking got announced. Nothing, nothing came out. Nothing came out of the weeds. And now I'm starting to feel the cogs turning again. I think we're going to hear something. And the stuff with – I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's possible? And if it is, what does that even mean? The last acquisition we we announced was the Bungie acquisition, I believe. And they indicated that – the big one, I guess. And they indicated that they weren't going to preclude Bungie from releasing games on any console. I think they just kind of made that deal to ensure that Bungie games were going to stay on PlayStation consoles. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. So I mean, is this the, is this a similar kind of defensive maneuver if they try
1: to acquire Square in this in this manner? I don't know. I don't know. I it's I don't like any of those things it, where to like be honest. I, like I wish that Sony like nobody would buy Square, but if somebody is going to buy, if if it really boils down to, if Sony doesn't buy Square, then Tencent is going to buy Square. Then I'd say, okay, yeah, Sony needs to buy Square just to make sure that Ten Cent doesn't fucking get it and start putting all kinds of <clears throat> crazy, you know, shit in Final Fantasy and stuff. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I I don't know. It's it's really tough. It does it does seem like more and more evidence is compiling that Sony has been kind of maneuvering to do this so that they've been working on it because all of that stuff seems to make sense with them just sort of ditching the Western studios and the Western IP like why would they dump all that stuff for so cheap to the Embracer group well it seemed cheap it's like it's like okay well if if like, what's the rush? to pay us more money yeah if we dump this shit then let's just dump it because they don't give. I mean, as far as Square Enix is concerned, like they don't give a crap about Tomb Raider and right. like the first That's Tomb Raider, Raider game was and good, right? The Raider, the first Tomb Raider game was good and people liked it, but it's not Final Fantasy. Yeah, you know, it's it's not um, any of that stuff. I don't know. And I was listening to another podcast or reading another article. I can't remember, and they were talking about one of the interesting. The interesting sort of avenues to look at this is that if Sony buys them, um, Square Enix has the exclusivity deals with games on Switch, like Triangle Strategy, and uh, they've got Octopath Traveler, which is on – it's now on Xbox and PC as well, but it's not on PlayStation at I all. I wish it were. Like Square, Square has been very, very – sort of agnostic about their exclusivity deals. They'll do like mostly with Sony, but they'll do some shit with Switch, and then then they'll randomly bring stuff to Xbox and PC that's not on the other two. Yeah. So like it's uh it's really interesting. I would hope that at the very least if Sony buys this team or this this publisher, yeah, that they remain their own vertical and they're like autonomous. They can just do their own thing. Like they did with Bungie. And they, yeah. Yeah, like they did with Bungie, and they can still do their own stuff. Now, now Sony may still choose to leave certain things exclusive, like Final Fantasy or whatever, but I don't know. To me, it's like if Sony buys Square Enix, but they just make – and they make all of the games available to everyone, I'm cool with that because I would love to have Octopath Traveler on PlayStation. Yeah. I would love to have Triangle Strategy on PlayStation. Uh But, you know, we don't get them right now because that that stuff is exclusive to Switch. Now, maybe there's a a contractual agreement because, like, what if there's a contractual agreement that's, like, this game can only ever come out on Switch? Right. Then it's, like, oh, Sony now owns a game that is not available to be released on its own console. I don't think that's true. There's probably, like, a – there's probably, like, a – I don't know, a timeout so many years or whatever. Like with Octopath Traveler, it was like – I don't I don't know if this was actually in the contract, but I think it came to Xbox and PC like, I don't know, three or four years after it came out yeah. on Switch.
0: But it didn't come so, out to
1: PlayStation. And it still hasn't come out to PlayStation, so that's interesting. But if you think about it, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is arguably way fucking larger than Octopath Traveler – is still exclusive to PlayStation even though they said it was not going to be forever. Yeah. And then eventually it would come out to other consoles. So uh, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't love it. But if if the alternative is them being purchased by a studio like Tencent or a publisher like Tencent, then uh, I would rather Sony buy them. Um, or even – I mean Nexon isn't really horrible. Nexon I believe is a Korean studio, which I'm a little bit more OK with than you know another Chinese interest. But yeah. I mean, all in all, and that's the
0: issue. With, it's not really good. That, that is the issue that I think both of us have with Tencent is it's 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 a Chinese studio, and uh, yeah. you know there's a lot of lot of bad stuff going on in that regard. So to have them, you know, own the games or a, or a you know a company that we love who release games, and then you know then we're kind of thrown into this issue that we're thrown into every day where we got to purchase something or put our money towards something that goes towards something we really don't inherently believe in or we think it's a bad situation you know to enjoy the creature comforts that we're afforded in this in this walk of life that we have over here yeah so that makes it kind of kind of tricky but yeah i would love to see sony just scoop it up i'd much rather have that than it go to like one of those other one of those other companies for sure um so that's about really all as far as the news goes. Jake, I think you've said everything I needed to say or anything I thought about saying as far as that goes. So let's talk about new games coming out this week on the PlayStation Network. If anyone hasn't noticed, they've refreshed their summer games, uh, the 75% off games. I missed a shot at the regular Quarry game for like – in the it was in the 40 range and it got pulled off. I didn't pick it up, and then it's back on there, but only the Deluxe Edition, and it's like 53 bucks right now on sale. And I would never purchase a Deluxe Edition of anything, but that is actually cheaper than the non-Deluxe issue, uh, Edition of the game right now. So, make sure you're checking out the sales on the PlayStation Network. They've got some new ones up there, and uh, let's talk about new games coming out this week. There there were some that were already have been released. Actually, all of these have been released at this point, but I, don't, I didn't see any update for games coming out this upcoming week. So these are the ones we haven't talked about yet on the show. So August 1st, we had Vump Jump on PS5, PS4. August 2nd, we had FroGun on PS5, PS4. August 3rd was kind of a big month with a lot of games. Um, Gunbaric, one word, G-U-N-B-A-R-I-C-H on PS4. Gunbird 2 on PS4. South of the Circle on PS5, PS4. 10 guy on ps4 and the tennis T on ps5 and ps4 august 4th a lot of games also arcade archives dig dug we did talk about that one on mm-hmm. ps4 gale of windoria ps5 ps4 gig apocalypse i don't know did we talk about that on ps5 ps4 sword and fairy together forever ps5 ps4 the jumping nuggets on PS4, and Thunderbolt Collection on PS4. August 5th, we get Abyss on PS5, Afterwave Downfall on PS5, PS4, Crazy Chicken Jump and Run Traps and Treasures, PS5, PS4, what the f- Gigabash on PS5, PS4, Gunducky Industries, plus plus on PS5, Highway Driving on PS4, My Girlfriend is a Mermaid, Refine, PS4, One Last Memory Reimagine on PS4, and Roll... The Cat on PS4. Um,
1: kind of strange. Um, I don't know how there are so many games coming out this week, and I have never fucking heard of any of them.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I guess they came out this past week.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah, they just, they just came out for sure, for sure. Hmm. Uh, did you update this uh, closing thing here? Because I don't remember putting those two on there. I think we're miss, we're missing one. I don't know if we're even on P. Are we on P? We must be on P. Dude, I have no idea. I think – find another game with P in there before we shut things down. Jake, closing comments. Do you have anything you'd like to say before we shut off the show? Uh, I would like to thank the listeners again, and thanks to Sean for being a patron. And uh, thanks for everybody for tuning into the show. I think that we'll see how this works with timestamping our YouTube video. It may not be perfect, but it'll be something for you all. It takes a little bit of effort on my part, and it is a little distracting when we record the show for me to mark all this shit down. But I'll try to to do it if this works, and then we'll have it. And then that way I don't have to listen to the show when we're done recording to figure out where all the timestamps are, because that's just... That's what I was doing for a couple episodes. I would sit down, I would come up with a synopsis, and I would just start taking notes on when we talked about things. And I had to sit and listen to what I just did for like an hour and 20 minutes after doing it. And it sucked. So I'm not trying to do this podcast and make it suck for us. We're supposed to be having fun. So this will work. And I think as we continue to do it, it will become more second nature. So apologies for the little... Little bits and bobs where I'm trying to track down our conversations today. It's for the YouTube uh, viewers. And uh, unfortunately, there's no way to track our topics on the podcast streaming services. That would be interesting to put chapters Mm. on podcasts for podcast streaming. When when is that going to happen? It will happen eventually probably. But anywho, Jake, you got any closing, closing comments? Anything for the listeners?
1: I just noticed that you're wearing a Pirates hat because it's that murdered out pee. Yeah. So it's not the typical yellow. And I just had the thought of like – so on like my social media feeds and oh, stuff God. like that, occasionally – I'm not a big baseball fan at all. But occasionally I'll get like baseball highlights and literally every single time the Pirates are in one, they're the butt of a joke. Every single time, like you remember that play from a couple years ago when it was like them just like it was like fucking Benny Hill. They were like overthrowing bases and like guys were like just running around, just scoring. And it's just like yeah. I saw someone. I saw something recently though where like one of the guys on the Pirates, uh, clipped a ball and they thought it was going to go foul, but it just rolled along the first baseline and then just stayed in. And right? he got safe. And the thing that's the thing that's crazy is that they were just standing there. I don't remember what the other team was, but they were just standing there watching this ball roll. And and there was nobody else on. If he had just fucking kept running, he could have probably got to third base. Yeah. By the time that ball stopped rolling, but he stopped at first, which is, I guess it's safe, you know. But um, it's pretty. I just I don't know. I, I don't know why I just thought about. Well, that.
0: Well, one of one of the recent memes I saw. Um, is when the two Pennsylvania baseball teams played one another, and that was the Pirates and the Phillies. And on the scoreboard in the stadium, it was a P for the Pirates, and both teams had a score of zero, and then it was the P for the Phillies. So it literally read poop, and everyone was like taking <laughs> pictures and sending it around, um, which is essentially what both of those teams amassed to right now, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. Cole Hamels used to pitch for the Phillies. He was decent. I, the Pirates have, you know, we just got a guy and, uh, you know, we always just get a guy and then a year later we lose that guy. And uh, that's just the the way it's going, you know. We're not a great team. We got a lot of heart. I mean, how, how shitty – I mean, for me it would be a dream come true, but for like some of these aspiring baseball players to finally make it to the big leagues and you got – drafted by the fucking Pirates like that right now the team with like they haven't been involved in a World Series in what seems like forever I don't even know the year
1: you know like the, 93 94 no it's been longer 92. than that they weren't in a World Series they almost it was in the 90s oh uh, yeah, was that the one with Sid Bream Barry Bonds Was
0: Sid Bream screwed it up he was on our team and then he got traded to the Braves we played the Braves in the World Series uh, And then, yeah. I think so. That was like – that's the curse that happened. Um, I'm going to look up when that one was. It had to have been in the 80s. 90, 90 – uh, It was a playoff game. It was a National League Champion Series in 92. It wasn't even the World hmm. Series. And the Braves won to go on to the World Series but then lost the World Series. So what – So what happened? So Sid Bream used to play for the Braves – or for the Pirates. He was like a really, really well-respected Pirate player. We ended up losing him to the Braves, and then we played in this National League playoff game. And Sid Bream, I believe, uh, he kind of rounds third, and he goes straight into home plate in this slide. Um, LaValier, the catcher for the Pirates at the time, hit him with the tag, uh, but – Bream's left hand got a hold of the plate and the umpire um, actually what I hear died four years later of a heart attack on opening day in Cincinnati, ruled Sid Bream, Sim Bream as being safe when clearly we would argue, the Pirate fans that he was definitely fucking out but he scored and that's what sealed our fate since and uh, he was our player, so he was like the ultimate traitor and uh, we shouldn't have gotten rid of them. Pirates should have learned their lesson. Keep the good players. So, anyways, we've never... We came kind of close when Cutch and those guys were... You know, we, we had we had some good players for a while. And uh, it was one of those weird playoff games where it was just one game. And it wasn't like a playoff series. It was one game. It's a wild card. Yeah, and yeah. we had to win. And we've been in them twice now, and we've lost both of them. So... We've come some pretty fucking close when we shouldn't have. Defeated all odds and we get to the wild card on a a miracle itself and then lose that game. So, I mean, I can't imagine. I've told this to a lot of people. Could you imagine the insanity that would unfold in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania if the Pirates were in the World Series? It would be Bedlam. It would be absolute fucking crazy town. So... I don't think that it would even be a good thing at this point because I'm sure there would be casualties because that city... I spoke
1: to... I I spoke... There was a guy that visited our shop um, (laughs) that was from Chicago. Oh, man. And this was, like, literally right after the Cubs won the first World Series in, like, whatever, 80 years, whatever the fuck it was. And uh, I asked him, like, what it was like. He was, like... Dude, cars were fucking burning in the streets. That's how crazy it was after the freaking Cubs won the World Series. And I don't know if it would be that crazy in Pittsburgh. Yeah, But I do know that my parents – my dad played baseball all growing up. My parents used to watch baseball all the time and that 92 championship loss Mm – killed all of their interest in baseball they have not watched it since Sid Bream
0: oh, yeah. so
1: good um, I actually know somebody
0: who met Sid Bream and got him to autograph something for like uh, the, their like my friend's pirate fan of a family member or something and it was just something like uh, it was something kind of cynical like you know it was some shitty thing like Sid wrote like and he was asked to do this he wasn't being a prick like hey can you write a message for my friend can you say something like this he goes oh yeah sure that's funny and you wrote it and then like, I guess it's like on that guy's mantle just to piss him off but it's still Sid Bream's autograph which is cool anyways we don't need to talk anymore about baseball but I think if, 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 if it happened I think the Allegheny River uh, would have flaming boats going down it. Like I think it would just it would look like a Viking funeral out there in three rivers. Like mm-hmm. it would just be insane. I think I would love to see the rivers just lit with fire and like I, I don't want to see anyone get hurt, but I think it would be crazy. It would be absolute even if they got into the World Series, not even if they won. I think if they got in, it would just be insanity. I mean, we've been thirsty for it forever. We haven't been in the. When was the last time we were in a World Series? Can we look that up real quick, and then then we'll shut the
1: podcast. Somebody knows, somebody knows, and I know. I, I know. Can honestly, tell you that I think that the Pirates are probably at a point now where they would just Pittsburgh would erupt if they just seventy nine a playoff round.
0: Yeah, the last time we were in. Oh, we won. we won World Series in 79,
1: so I'm guessing that was the last one we were in. Um, yeah, that was like the Clemente run. That was like uh, <sighs> when they won those like three back-to-back or it was like, like three in so many years or whatever it was. Um, it's been over uh, 40
0: fucking years
1: since we've been in the World yeah. Series.
0: It's insane. Yeah. That's a lifetime for some people. I feel it's bad for time. anybody that gets drafted to that team, dude. It's a curse, just hanging on that city. I love him though, Lo. love love the old Buckos. All right, we're gonna sign off, guys. Thanks for tuning in. That was a good closing segment. Um, we appreciate you. This has been episode 235 of PS. This Is awesome. We hope you guys have a really nice week. And uh, sorry there wasn't a whole lot of news to talk about. I hope that we have been enter- entertaining enough for y'all. And uh, if you're at all interested in that Hero Quest game, go check it out. And, uh, Jake, I wish you a better week than what you're having right now. And uh, it's about all I got for you guys. So, with that being said, like Papercut Mansions, Path of Titans, and Parappa the Rappa, P.S., yes. this is awesome.
1: This is awesome.